0: Hey, do you ever feel like your church just can't compete with other churches? Maybe a church down the road in your town has a better sound system or a cooler pastor than yours does and you find yourself thinking, you know, if we only had those things, maybe we'd have more people too. Well, if that's how you're feeling, then you're in luck because I've got the solution for you in this week's episode of the podcast. So stick around because it starts right now. Hey there and welcome to another edition of the Church Helper Podcast. Our mission here at Church Helper is to help churches make every decision on purpose. My name is Mike and I'm excited to help you and your church today and I'm really excited about this episode so let's just get into it because today we're going to talk a little bit about feeling like you can't compete with other churches. In this series that I've been doing called Leading Your Teams Well, the first three have been a little bit more general but this episode is really quite specific. So let's just get into it. Over my time helping churches through outreach strategies, renewing their mission and vision, uh, realigning family ministries, or finding new ways to engage with the community, there's one theme that comes up repeatedly, and it's this theme of competition. More than a few times, I've been sitting with staff or elders teams at a church that are struggling to reach new people, and the subject of other churches comes up. Somebody will point to the church down the road with 800 people and they'll say, kids don't come here because that church has a more beautiful facility and a play place. Sometimes I'll hear about how their downtown church has too few parking spots to attract anybody new, unlike churches in the outskirts or in the urban areas where there's more property and less traffic. Or somebody will mention the number of churches in their geographical proximity by saying, Well, there are seven churches within four blocks, and that's why nobody comes to ours. And I understand these feelings. We live in a world right now, especially for those who are active on social media and other online forums, where it's really easy to look at what others have and feel like we can't compete. And so that makes its way into church meetings as well. And and that that happens is totally understandable. And I know how it happens, and I understand why it happens, and I understand why People feel that way. But just because people feel that way doesn't make it okay to actually act and react that way. Because there is a culture of competition between churches in today's culture that is unhealthy. The idea that if we only had the resources or the staff or the building that the church down the street has, we could compete. And here's my question for you, compete for what? When your committee or your elders team sits down at a table and talks about how other churches in your community are holding you back, my question is, what are they holding you back from? Here, let me give you an example of an actual conversation I had once with a church while we were trying to work through this idea. I was working with a church that was going through a time where they needed to start making some tough decisions about their next steps as a congregation. Uh, I spent some time, you know, doing some interviews and assessments, hosting a handful of workshops and a couple of congregational meetings. I really spent quite a bit of time with them. And at one of the meetings, we looked at the neighborhood demographics around their church building. And one of the church members raised their hand and said to me, there's one thing that you've actually left out of this report. Now, thinking that I had made some crucial error that would, you know, doom their church forever, I politely and nervously asked what I had missed. And they said, you didn't mention that there are seven other churches within walking distance of our church. And so I thought for a moment, and she was right. I actually hadn't put that uh, particular demographic stat in the report. Uh, And I knew that information, but I intentionally didn't include it. And I had a pretty good idea of where this person was going, but I asked a follow-up question just to be sure. And I said, simply, why is that information important? And the person was quiet for a moment, but then they articulated that the other churches in the neighborhood were a barrier to people attending their church. The feeling was that with so many other options in their neighborhood, a person might find a church they liked more before ever reaching the doors of their church. And of course, others in the crowd nodded and agreed. So I asked one more follow-up question and I said, do you think that the reason people aren't coming to your church is because they're going to the other churches and over the next few minutes we had a conversation about how 25 percent of this church's neighborhood wasn't affiliated with any religion at all and that most of the other churches near them were actually facing similar attendance problems that they were in the end they still weren't sure but they knew that they felt like with so many other churches around it certainly wasn't helping They felt if they were the only church around, maybe they would stand a better chance of drawing in more people. In theory, most of the churches in your city should be trying to do the same thing. Reach people with the gospel message of Jesus. That's it, right? That's the goal love people like Jesus loved you, and spread the good news as he commanded. And in the end, the reward isn't a bigger building or more newspaper articles or a cooler youth pastor, it's that people have gotten to know their creator in a profound and meaningful way. In Canada, 24% of the population is non-religiously affiliated as of 2016, and we're months away from new census data to show us how those numbers have no doubt grown. And that number is up from 4% of the population in 1970. Now, why am I mentioning this? So that we can all remember, myself included, that 24% of Canadians didn't decide to go to another church. They chose not to go at all. They didn't walk into another church that wasn't yours. They just walked away from them all equally. And this, is the first of many reasons that churches need to stop looking at each other as competition. You aren't up against an neighboring church with a sweet sound system. You're up against a culture that is walking away from Christ at an alarming rate. And just to double down on this, let's make sure we know what your competition isn't. First, your competition isn't the cool pastor on Instagram that wears skinny jeans or doesn't use sermon notes. Is that pastor good at their job? Sure. Might they attract a crowd? Yeah. Is the crowd bigger than yours? Yeah, maybe. It could be. But let's be clear about one thing. Someone else's leadership style or Instagram following doesn't in any way affect your ability to effectively and purposefully share the gospel message or love in your community as Jesus called you to do. It might feel like they have more resources or influence, but influence doesn't always equal effectiveness. Number two, your competition is not sports or dance classes or piano lessons. So many leaders say that they can't get kids out to youth specifically because they're competing with so many extracurriculars. Well, your church isn't an extracurricular, so stop looking at it that way. Your church is ordained and called by God to share the love of Jesus in your community. I've never been to a hockey practice when I remember that being the mandate. Are people busy? Sure they are but usually when you're blaming people's schedules for a lack of attendance, it's because you don't know what else to blame. People prioritize things that bring value into their lives. That's what they do. Knowing your Creator brings value, and there isn't a dance class in the world that can take that away. And if people aren't showing up, it's more likely that they just don't see the value in engaging with your church, not because it's a calendar problem. And finally, your competition isn't the church down the street. And here's why you're all trying to accomplish the same goal. You're all pulling in the same direction. Spreading the gospel isn't something that you win at. It's something that requires as many people as possible who are willing to do it. So, hoping that there aren't churches down the street is actively hoping that fewer people are spreading the message of Jesus. And I'm not sure anybody thinks that that's the right way of looking at spreading the good news. Now, some people still might say that they feel like they're competing or fighting against something. Maybe you can't articulate it, but there's still that feeling down there. So if that's the way you need to hear this message today, I'll try to put it in those terms. If you need to compete against something, consider this. You're competing against spiritual forces. Every day, there's a war going on for people's hearts that's both natural and supernatural, And, and let me tell you something, you might have the biggest, baddest, most equipped church on the block, but that's not a battle anybody wants to go into alone. Only God can overcome those battles, so don't look at other churches as competition. Look at them as more light in the darkness, as more support for a fallen world, because you're not competing against the church down the street, you're competing against sin, and that's a battle I think that you're gonna want as much help as you can get with. So in closing, I'll just say this. It's tempting to look at others around you who appear to have more and lament your budget or your parking lot. But remember this, in the early days of Christianity, all early Christians had were a few letters that they could share in secret, and the knowledge that what they were doing was so important that nothing could stand in its way, not even the threat of imprisonment or death. They didn't have a church down the block with a shiny sign They had a government trying to wipe them out. And yet, here we are talking about spreading the gospel message over 2,000 years later. Paul says in Romans 8, 38, And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor our fears, today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below Indeed, nothing in creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And this includes the forces that try to drive people away from not only your church, but the church down the street. So my suggestion is just be a church that loves Jesus and tells people about the good news and people will come. And how do I know that? Because people always have. Because the story of Jesus is a magnet that draws people in. And whether they come to your church or they go to the church down the street, you should just rejoice in knowing that they're learning about Christ. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast or to our YouTube channel. And if you think somebody needs to hear this content, but they're not just the computing type, you can head to our website for them, churchhelper.ca, slash podcast to print out the full transcript of today's episode for them. Make sure that you go back and check out our series on Mission Drift. I mentioned it last week. And if you've ever got any questions, please reach out to us through email. Hello at churchhelper.ca Or you can go to the Get Help Today tab of our website. Thanks so much for engaging in this series with us and for taking a few minutes to help your church make every decision on purpose. My name's Mike, and I'll talk to you again really soon.